Yep, I get it. I know exactly what you're thinking. Here we go. Another podcast. Well, you know what? I'm here to tell you something. This just isn't any other podcast. This is the Vision Life 365 podcast, where we give you a front row seat to organic missionary work. My name is Jason Sykes, and I'm here with my co-host, Gary Hale, and we're coming to you from beautiful San Pedro de Macorís, Dominican Republic. We're here serving with the DR Vision team. Our podcast is designed to encourage you towards Great Commission living. Along the way, you get to see the good, the bad, and even sometimes the ugly of missionary work. We hope to encourage and challenge you on your personal sanctification and ministry walk. Here we go. All right, guys, good to have you back. I'm here again with Mr. Gary Hale. Uh, oh, my, my good friend, yeah, Gary's falling asleep, man. He got a, he got, he got gotten, I guess you, that's horrible grammar. My wife will probably scold me because she teaches grammar, but uh, that's horrible grammar. But he got gotten by the Omicron bug, so he is... Uh, and, and in truth, we're, we're recording this one after the last one, so... yeah. Yeah, it's, just it's been the a same. Few minutes. <laughs> <laughs> it's the same bug he had uh, 15 minutes ago. But anyway, he's in recoup mode. His eyes are a little bit more squinty today because he's struggling to keep him open. I was getting a little bit self conscious there for a little bit because I keep talking to him. And he keeps falling asleep. I thought I was more dynamic than that, but I guess not. So. Um, no, it's not you, man. It's me. It's not. Yeah, it, it's he's doing it to everybody, so I'm not taking it too personal. So, listen, we wanted to do something today that uh, we haven't. Uh, you, you guys are about to get the inside scoop. You're about to get uh, the surprise before it drops. You're you're going to get the 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 secret before Sunday. Uh, what Gary's going to be preaching on. So he's going to deal with it here in the podcast. We're going to talk about it a little bit here in the podcast. So you guys get it before anybody here gets it. So you guys are special. And, uh, but then when they actually hear it, when this drops, it'll be, a it'll be afterwards, afterwards, but we're recording it beforehand. So, you know, Gary will hopefully finally be over his, his, uh, Omicron jet, jet lag and, uh, be back to his normal sleepy self. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> for sure. Man, I was so excited about coming back, you know, from those travels and, uh, jumping right back into it. I mean, just a lot of positive momentum and then boom, yeah. got, got, got sidelined. So that's been a little frustrating, but, uh, we are excited about, um, you know, I'm excited about this Sunday, uh, preaching on John 13, uh, first, uh, first 15 verses. You know, that's a, a story of uh, the last Passover celebration before Jesus um, is, you know, crucified. And so they, he's there, uh, you know, with his disciples. And, uh, you know, he, he takes out the basin and he takes out the towel and he begins to wash the feet of his disciples. And, uh, you know, if you've been in church long enough, you, you know that that was a task for the servant of the house. And so apparently these disciples come in and there's not a servant in the house or it doesn't get done. They start talking. Now, what's fascinating is in Luke, um, in Luke's account of this, there is a dispute. He, he, he points out there's a dispute on who's going to be the greatest. And so Jesus, at some point in the night, takes this, this towel and the basin of water and, and he begins to wash the, the feet of the disciples. A, a menial task, a task that's really reserved for a, uh, a servant. And, um, so Peter is like, you know, you can't wash me. And, he, and Jesus is saying, if you, if, if I don't wash you, you don't have any part with me. And he says, well, just wash my whole body. And Jesus says in, in John 13, he says, you don't need your whole body washed. You just need your feet washed. And so there's a doctrinal, uh, there's a little bit of doctrinal play there, uh, because he, he's, 
he's saying that you're pure, uh, you're, you're clean, uh, Peter, but not all of you are clean. And so we know that Judas is sitting there too. And so we know that Judas is not, not one of them as far as heart, spirit, you know, as far as, uh, you know, really being with Christ, though he's there, you know, in person. And so, uh, you know, so there's a lesson there, uh, you know, that you can, you can carry on with what the scripture would later, you know, reveal, uh, just about, you know, our relationship with Christ and then, you know, having that contamination with contact with the world and our, and our flesh. And, and, and that's where confession comes in. How do you clean our feet? Symbolically speaking, we confess so that we can have good fellowship with one another and, and fellowship with, uh, with the Lord. I mean, as, as James know. says, and be healed, confess your faults one to another and be yeah. healed. Yeah, and so I think it's vertical, it's horizontal to, you know, vertical to God, horizontal to, to others, and so that uh, we can have proper fellowship. I mean, because remember, they're all probably lying around, you know, they didn't have, uh, you know, the recliners, the lazy boys like mm-hmm. we do now. And so they're all kind of in proximity to each they other's were the, feet. They were the original lazy boys. Yeah, the, the original lazy boys uh, with, you know, dirty, dusty feet. Mm-hmm. That's, that doesn't make for a good communion. Right. You know, with one another. And so there's a symbolic thing there. But then I think the thrust of the passage is not so much doctrinal. I mean, Jesus mentions it. Um, you're clean, not all of you, but you all are clean. You don't need that. You just need to you know, wash your feet. The thrust of the passage, though, is that he says, I- I've given you an example. Now go do likewise. Yeah. You know, and that's kind of seems to be the thrust of the passage. And so uh, the whole thing here is look, if we're going to be Christ followers, if we are Christ followers, genuine Christ followers, then we should look for opportunities to serve others. It's just as simple as that. I mean, it's it's um, and and no, the you know we don't wash feet in our culture now. We've got closed shoes. It's a different world. You know, I'm not going to get down with a basin and wash your feet. I'm sorry, Carrie. <laughs> well, but I mean, you, what's up, man? You just. Well, we'll cover that on the. Uh, you just yeah. shot yourself in the foot. You you built up to this huge foot washing thing, and then when yeah. you came down, you're like, "I'm not washing your feet. I'm no, not no, taking no, no, I'm not doing that because <laughs> I'm looking for the principle behind that." And I guess uh, we might have to cover this in a hermeneutics. So the uh, next know, podcast class. is be going doing God's will our way. Yeah, doing God's will our way. So put your foot back down. I'm not you know, put your shoe back on, please. I'm not. I'm not touching that. You know. So. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But, you know, the, the principle behind that, that, you know, of serving, of serving others. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's just, it's something simple. And, and what struck me, too, is to realize that Jesus, Jesus washed the feet of Judas. Mm-hmm. Judas was in that room. He didn't skip Judas. Yeah. He washed the disciples' feet. He washed the betrayer. Yeah. You know, and so that tells me something, too, that our service ultimately is first to God. Yeah. And it's it's not a matter whether I like you or I don't. It's how can I serve you like Christ? I humble myself in Philippians 2. Consider others superior to yourself. And guys who at that point in time, too, didn't even really get it. Yeah. Because when Jesus died, you know, Peter's like, I go fishing. You know, it's like, what do I do now? Oh, Talk well. about a wasted illustration. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, he could have felt like. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, I think that I think that there's some really good stuff. That I, you know, somebody I'd like to spend some time with when in eternity is Peter. Because I think Peter's a good reflection of all of us, how quick we mess up and how how grandiose that we just blow it sometimes. And I think Jesus deals with Peter in such a special way 
Um, Peter's always the one speaking up saying, no, 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 don't do it. You know, or whatever, you know, whatever the case may be. But he's also the one saying, yeah, I don't know him. He's also the one denying. Uh, I was just talking with my wife yesterday. Uh, or sorry, my mom. I was talking to my mom and about the story about Peter uh, when Jesus says, do you love me? Well, what's interesting about that is Peter or Jesus is in front of a coal fire. Okay. And when, when Peter denied Christ, the passage is very clear. The only two places in scripture you find that Peter denied Christ is, is it talks about, or the, I'm sorry, not the two passages denying Christ, but where he denied Christ, it made a specific focus on the fact that it was a coal fire. Yeah. And then when he got out of the boat and swam to shore to, to be with Jesus, it was also a coal, a coal fire. And here's, here's Peter with his life really replaying in front of him. I don't think Peter was negating the fact that he loved God. I think he knew Jesus was calling him out for betraying him in that moment. And when Jesus says, you, do you love me? You know, Peter's like, yeah, I feel it. Oh, you, I mean, how can I tell you I've got unconditional love? I just denied you. It was, I was standing in front of a coal fire, just like this one when I did it. Yeah. This, I, okay. You know, I know because you're showing me kind of, you know, it's like the, uh, it's like the, the elephant in the room, but God goes on to use Peter in a tremendous way and even says in that same passage that God's going to do great things through Peter. And, you know, you never know who you're investing in. You know, just when you look at the whole picture, here's Jesus washing Judas's feet, Jesus washing Peter's feet. Peter goes on to deny him. And we could have just thrown Peter out with the bathwater at that point, baby out with the bathwater. But you know what? Peter goes on and God uses him in a tremendous way. And you never know who you're investing in. You never know you know, who you're serving that God may use. And, and sometimes you don't see that moment right away either. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes there's, there's a time that has to go by and God has to do a work. Um, been doing the, the church. Uh, it's okay. Uh, I made a bump on the last podcast. So you get to make one on this one. Uh, the, the church reading program, looking at the life of Joseph, you know, goodness, the guy lost a good portion of his life being used and abused and sitting in jail and wrongly accused. And yet God used him to save Egypt, to save Israel and to save his family. Yeah. And one of the things that was brought up in just one of the, the, the passages or one of the explanations is, is how God had even softened the heart of his brothers during that time. And uh, so you, you just don't know when you're investing in people, when you're serving people, you don't know what God's doing behind the scenes and you don't know how that person is responding in repentance either. Um, yeah, you, you know, you have to be careful on the whole, you know, we have this, sometimes we bring a financial outlook, I think, into church, you know, our ROI or return on investment, you know, and so we judge everything by what we can see. But the problem with that is God is the creator of time and space, and he often works outside of our own particular time. And so if you were to look at, if you were to look at this illustration, uh, and very soon after this, Peter denies him. I mean, you could really say, man, that was wasted. <laughs> yeah. I mean, burned yeah. that one. Yeah. I should have. Shouldn't have bought that soap. <laughs> I shouldn't have bought that soap. I should have, uh, you know, I should have, somebody else should have been highlighted on that. Yeah. But Peter is in a process that's going to take some time. And, and God is, uh, polishing Jesus and, you know, is polishing, uh, Peter for his future ministry. And, and this is part of it. And so one of the great rejections of the whole Bible is Peter's denial of Christ. I mean, it's very, 
I mean, it's just so highlighted. It's very emphatic. No, I'm going to, you know, I'll die for you. I'm going to, you know, I won't do this. And then he, I mean, to the point of cursing and and saying, you know, I don't know this man, you know, and and just very emphatic. And yet that, that huge failure that we would write people off, it's just part of the, the part of the process. And so I think as we're serving others, we can't look at what are we, what are we getting on return? Yeah, because number one, it's it's not really to us. That's not why. That's not why we serve. That's another motivation. That's yeah. I mean, we're serving because, well, because we're serving first to to, to Jesus. I mean, Jesus said, "If if you offer a cup in, in my name, as much as you've done unto the least of these, you've done it unto me." Yeah. yeah, and so I think if we look at that, uh, you know, if we have that perspective on our service. Then it helps us not to get hung up on wasted, uh, wasted illustrations or wasted time or wasted uh, towel and, and, and basin water, uh, because it's, you know, I just need to serve because it's the right thing to do. And so I think the attitude we've got to have is, Lord, where do you want to, you know, where, where can I serve other people? Where can I serve others? And, and, and here I think, you know, tying to something that you said in the last, um, podcast, uh, you know, when Jesus said the, you know, it's by your love that people know that you're my disciples. People know you're my disciples by your love that you have for one for one another. And so, you know, yes, we should serve uh, people in our neighborhoods, and we should uh, look for opportunities to to bless and be a light and all that. I'm not negating that, but um, there are opportunities many times in the body of Christ, and and sometimes people can look beyond the body of Christ to look out of the world, and you've got people right around you that need help. Mm-hmm. They just need a little hand. Just need something. They need someone to come along beside them and encourage them, and and symbolically speaking, you know, wash their feet. I mean, to to serve them in a tangible way. And uh, so, I think that's just the that's kind of the thrust of. Sorry, a little tickle in my throat there. Uh, no, that's good. that's all good. Um, hopefully, you're not coming down with the Omicron. <laughs> I've now, been. I tested negative. I've been sitting in the same room as you, so no, I tested negative before I came back and, and preached last Sunday. But um, so anyway, that's the thrust of the message. I mean. Uh, yeah, I guess you could, um, no, I think, I think it's good. No. And, and, you know, from personal example and listen, I'm not telling you we're perfect by any stretch, but I think that opened tremendous doors of opportunity when we were in Venezuela, it's just loving on people. I mean, you can call it whatever you want to, but we just love on people and bringing them in and serving them food, giving them a hot plate of food and, you know, just, just loving on them and doing what you can. I remember one time that, um, and this is a guy that never came faithfully, but it was just a kind of cool thing. I was driving home one day from the church and I noticed a guy working on his car and they were welding stuff and whatever. And so I noticed they were struggling. So I pulled up in my car, I got out and say, Hey man, what's up? What are you doing? He's like, ah, you know, we're doing this, but I really need to get another Jack. And I said, well, I'll tell you what, I got one in the car. Um, and, and this is not something you do in Latin America. If you, if I would have told anybody in my church, 100% of 100% would say, you don't do that. But I said, um, I said, well, here you go. I said, uh, I've got this one. I'm going to lend it to you. I'll come back in a couple hours and, and get it. We've got teens showing up here. So. Oh yeah. It's pretty loud. Yeah. Right here. Um, anyway, so he, uh, he, I lost my train of thought on that one. Yeah, you gave a guy a jack. Okay, so I gave a guy the jack and uh, came back a couple hours later to pick it up. Thankfully, he was there. Uh, so he gave the, the jack back. Uh, He's not, still working on not it. Not Jack Black, but Jack Black. 
And uh, but you know what's cool? He ended up coming to church a couple times, yeah. and he was just a just a walk from the church. But you know, major changes? No. Did he give his life to Christ? No. But it was an opportunity to to we poured into him, and it was an opportunity to minister to somebody and to be Jesus to somebody. And and so it was kind of cool to see that we did several different things that way. We're just neighbors around the area of the church that we could just do to just encourage them, do what we could to to be Jesus to them. Not perfect. We didn't always perfect and. Um, but we learned a lot through it, and we saw God do some pretty cool cool things. Yeah, I think it's just a matter of, uh, you know, with the lost, we might use the term sowing. Mm-hmm. Um, if you sow a little, you're going to reap a little. Mm-hmm. I mean, so there's the idea of just, just go out and serve people. Just go out and serve people. And if you do that over time, there's going to be some that are going to respond uh, to the gospel. Whether they respond to the gospel or not, our job is to love them like Christ exactly. loved them. And same thing with the body of Christ. You know, whether or not I get a personal return on this or not, I, I look for opportunities where God says, hey, you can speak into this or you can you can help in this situation. And you do that because it's first to God. You're an instrument of, of the Lord. Right, exactly. You know, and so whether no, and, or not you get a return on it or not. And you have a point, too, <clears throat> within the local assembly, not just always to people on the outside, but to, to one another, look for areas to— to minister, and that's being sensitive. I think, it, but again, that starts with our own per- personal walk, because if we're going to love like we should love, then we have to be connected into the Holy Spirit. Yeah, we got to be in a place where we can hear Him. We got to be sensitive to Him, and we got to be willing to do what He says and, and move when He He moves. Uh, you know, He pushes us in a direction to minister to somebody, or just listening to that prompting this in your heart. And so, yeah, I don't um, think I think you're right. I, you know, you're not going to be sensitive. Um, you're not going to be sensitive to those needs. If you're not close, if you're not close to God, right? You're just not. You're going to be more self-centered. You're going to be disconnected. And because how is the Spirit going to move on your heart to raise those sensitivities in your mind if you're just self-centered? Yeah, it's not. I mean, so as you draw close, as we draw closer to God, you know, it's sort of like the illustration you've probably seen it with for marriage. Uh, counseling, you know, the triangle, you have God at the top of the triangle and you have the, the husband and wife at the bottom two corners. And as they both individually uh, move seek closer God. to seek God, uh, the two corner, two bottom corners are also moving closer together. Mm. And so uh, it's the same sort of principle here. As you and I get on fire for the Lord, as we open ourselves to just really walking uh, with the Lord, uh, that's also going to bring you and I together yeah. or, or anybody else, any, anybody that's doing that. And, and so then you look for those opportunities. It's just, it's fascinating to me that at this moment that Jesus does this, um, there's this big discussion about who's the greatest, mm-hmm. you know, and, and you got to think about that. We're, we're talking about who's the greatest spiritually, who's the greatest uh, follower of Christ. And so there's this dispute going on. There's this argument and Jesus shows his greatness in his service. So I think with that music introduction, that's the thought we'll leave with you. Yes. We're, uh, we're 18 minutes in, but this is, you get a short podcast on this one, but I, there's a good, there's some good stuff here. And that is, uh, I will close with something that I experienced. Uh, one time I went to a, a retreat one time with, uh, if you've ever heard of it, you, you know, the experience, but it was called Tres Dias in, uh, it was literally three days where you didn't know if it was day or night. Um, but one Are of the cave, no, but it was it, it's it is a very cool retreat where you literally experience grace and it would be too long for me to explain this with the music in the background but basically um <clears throat> 
one of the things uh, about it was that it's just a time to to get along with God. But I will never forget that one of the times one of the guys that spoke just started taking. He didn't get up and say anything. He just got up and he invited some of the other guys there that were leaders and and they sat down. He had chairs laid out and without saying a word, he just started taking their shoes off and started kneeling down and washing their feet. And I don't think there was a dry eye in the house. I really don't. It was just a very impactful moment. Um, I think that being obviously in that place where we went kind of expecting God to do something anyway. So there was already a sense of expectation, but <clears throat> you know, that was something that impacted me. I don't think I'll ever forget that. And so, you know, look for opportunities to serve others, look for opportunities to pour into others' lives. And sometimes that means vulnerability in your part. Um, you know, I mentioned, I don't know if it was this one or the, I think it was the, the, our previous podcast, but about the, 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 home church movement kind of thing that I had I mentioned. But one of the things that was very interesting. One of the ladies in there was like, you know, I really don't laugh. very uncomfortable to invite people to my home. She says, but, but I, I, I'm, I do it because I know it's what God wants me to do. And, and so, you know, that is part of it too. It's not always comfortable when you serve people, but you got to do what God calls you to do because that's why that's what he's called us to do is be his hands and feet in the world and, and minister to others. So uh, it was good. It was a good thing for me to see because ministry is not always fun. In fact, there's a lot of not so fun in ministry uh, when you deal with problems and stuff. But um, yeah, but our whole life is to serve people, serve serve, serve God, God, and, and serve through others. God through Him serve people, yeah, yep. to glorify Him. And so all of life is ministry, whether or not you're full time. Exactly, per se, all of life is is ministry. And so, I mean, look for the towel, pick up the towel, and yep. and see where uh, you can serve others. And I guess just be sensitive to the Lord in that. And so you know, going back to our revival theme. Uh, like you kind of like you mentioned, we've got to be close to God in order to be sensitive to, to, to the, the needs, needs of, of others. others. Yeah. yeah. Well, guys, listen, we thank you for being with us again. We're, we're going to wrap it up because you can hear some music in the background. You get the full cultural experience. And we've got uh, we've got youth clubs starting up in here in about five minutes. And so uh, we've got the, the, the music team in here practicing ahead of time. But we thank you so much for being with us. We hope these these podcasts are an encouragement to you. I uh, just had a friend of mine, actually a family member, write me and, and say that this has been an encouragement to him. So I uh, wanted to thank him for writing. That's always an encouragement to know that we're reaching into people's lives and being an encouragement to them. And we do hope we this to, is. Do we have to pay him? No, no. I, checks in the mail. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, uh, so I appreciate you guys and hope this is an encouragement to you. Uh, don't wait. Go out and find somebody to minister to. Go pour into somebody's heart and somebody's life. And God, you know, too much, too often we task ourselves with changing people. And we can't do that. He's the only one that can um, through the conviction of the Holy Spirit. And so do our part and minister. Um, be close to God and spend time with him and then love on people. All right, guys, we'll catch you next episode. Have a great day. Thanks again for listening to the Vision Life 365 podcast. Be sure to check out our website, visionlife365.org, and be sure to subscribe to our podcast for a new episode each and every week. Thanks so much for being a part and being with us here, and we look forward to being with you again next week.